Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Thank you, worship team. Hey, if, uh, if you haven't been here over the last couple of days, I just want to tell you this, that uh, I am excited. I've, I've been leading up to this moment. We started out four weeks ago talking about Pentecost and how many of y'all got something out of Pentecost? How many of y'all know, I, I said this in week number one, that we may not be a Pentecostal church, but as your pastor and, and any friend in your life that knows better should say this, you should experience Pentecost. You should, make it, you, you should make decisions based on Pentecost living on the inside of you. And so uh, uh, that's, the way, that's the way we started this series of teachings out. Is, and, and today is the finale, and today is the big kahuna. I'm going to tell you right now, this is something that I'm passionate about. I don't have very many notes. I just have a few things because this is on the inside of me that uh, I am passionate about. I'm excited about the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the first week, we, we saw this, that so many people, they experience Passover in their life. That means they have put their sins under the blood of Jesus. Come on, can, who can testify that you put your sins under the blood? How many of y'all know we serve a Savior that forgives you as far as the east is from the west? There ain't no grandpappy or pappy's pappy in your life that will forgive you how Jesus can forgive you. He's the only one that forgives, us as far as, uh, that forgives us as far as the east is from the west. He never brings them back up again. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that he keeps no record of your wrong. Aren't you thankful that you serve a God that thinks about your future and not your past? And there's so many people, they experience Passover in their life in, in, in the Old Testament of how the angel, the blood angel, or, or the, the, the death angel was coming into the home and because of the blood of the doorpost, it passed over. And that's what we experience when we accept Jesus to be the Lord of our life. That means death no longer has a grip over us. Come on, hell don't have a grip over us. Jesus living on the inside of us. How many of y'all know because of Christ in you, the hope of glory, you don't have to deal with those things anymore. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to give life and life more abundantly. And so there's so so many people that celebrate Passover, and then they skip a feast that's so important in Acts chapter 2, and they come to the Feast of Jubilee. Now, let's just be honest. How many of y'all know those crazy people out there that are in a basement somewhere? And every little event, they're waiting for Jesus to come back. And that's all they're focused on. I think it's very important that we know that Jesus is coming back for the church. But can I say you, every minute, every hour, every second, we got work to do body of Christ. There's people that need to be saved. There's people that need to be healed. There's people that need to be delivered. Can I tell you, I said it last week and I'll say it again. We still serve a God of miracles. Amen. How many of y'all believe the deaf can still hear? The blind can still see? The lame can still walk? The dead can still be raised from the dead? Amen. But there's so many people that they celebrate the Feast of Jubilee or the Feast of Trumpets of waiting back for Jesus to come back. And they live in defeat from Passover to Jubilee because they're missing out on Pentecost. And the Bible says that he poured out his spirit. The Bible tells us this in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power. Everybody say power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You are missing out on power when you're not infilled with the Holy Spirit. 
I said in week one, and I'll say it again, the Christian life is not hard. It is impossible without the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the second thing we talked about was the gift. The gift of God, the Bible says, eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. He gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and there's many gifts. And I know this, that when you are led and empowered by the Holy Spirit, there is giftings in you that are supernatural through his anointing in your life to be better than you are. How many of y'all know the Holy Spirit in me makes me better than me? The Holy Spirit in me makes me better than me. I see it through the book of the Word of God, John 14, 15, and 16. He said, you wait for this promise that I'm giving you. I'll help you remember things. I will put things out of you in advance. Out of your heart or out of your belly will come rivers of living water. How many of you know we live in a world today that we need rivers of living water coming out of our bellies? We need rivers of living water. And then last week we talked about power. I'm telling you, he will empower you. He will give you a power that you need. He will give you a power to live a righteous life, to live a life, a a godly life. And we all need help doing that. But what I want to talk about today is this, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And let me just back up and say this. If you weren't in Bible school, uh, I think it was, was it the last one we did, Pastor Robert? When you talked about the big six, it was the last one that we did. We did it from March to April, and you can go back and listen to these. And I dug into this topic big time, and today I'm just going to hit the surface. But it's something that's very passionate to me, especially in that text in Hebrews chapter 5. He says this. He says, there's many of you, and he's talking, I believe, to a room. This is the writer of Hebrews, which we don't know who it is. I said in the first service this morning, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask two things. How many people, how many animals were on the ark and who wrote the book of Hebrews, all right? Which I really don't care about the ark, but there's many of you that, that interest you for whatever reason. Who cares? He built a big boat and put animals on it. That's cool enough, is it not? Okay. But in the book of Hebrews, the writer there in the, the latter part of chapter 5, he said, there's many of you in the room that ought to be teaching these things, but you're still in a place of elementary. He said, there's many of you in the room that are still drinking off the milk, but I've called you to a higher place of meat. So he's saying in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, he said, let's lay aside the elementary teachings of Christ and let's now grab a firm foundation. Everybody say foundation. And there's six things that he gives as a foundation in our walk with Christ. The first one is this. You can go to it, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1 if you want to, or write it down and go back and look. The first one that he gives as a foundational thing for us is repentance of dead works. I'm telling you, if you don't understand repentance, you, you need to get it. It's the number one fundamental thing. If you don't understand the first one, you won't understand five, six, four, three, or two. I went out of order there. I don't know why. But... How many of y'all know, we, we, this is what we do with Christ. In repentance, we're going in this direction. We do about face, we meet Christ, and we turn and we go this direction. It's not remorse that we feel sorry for ourselves and keep going in the same direction. It's an actual lifestyle change and you go the other direction. And the second one that he talks about, repentance of dead works, and then he goes to a faith in God. It's so important, whether you've been saved for one minute, one hour, two days, two weeks, a month, It's important that you know what your faith in God is. The Bible has called you, believer, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the good news. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. You ought to be able to say what your faith in God is. That we have a Savior that died on a cross, gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
The Bible tells us in Romans 1.16, uh, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. There is power in the gospel. There is power in your faith in God. The third thing that he talks about, it talks about a doctrine of baptisms. Everybody say isms. It doesn't say the doctrine of baptism, and I may be blowing some of your Baptist minds out there. Your Methodist mind, your Lutheran mind, or um, there's others. I can't think of them. Who cares? And God loves all of those. But, but, the, but the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 1, or in verse 2, it says the doctrine of baptisms. There's more than one. There's more than one. Then it goes, goes on to say the doctrine of laying on of hands. We don't just lay hands on people to freak you out. We lay hands on people because it's Old and New Testament of a transfer of anointing. You, you hear me this morning. In fact, the Bible says in, in Mark 16, believers, who's a believer out there? Believers lay hands on the sick and see them recover. It doesn't say a pastor. It doesn't say apostle. It doesn't say evangelist. It says believers. That's why it's so important that you tap into this power because God wants to use you, Dad. God wants to use you, Mom. God wants to use you, Amarillo, American, whatever you are. Come on. Red, yellow, black, and white. God wants to use you to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. The, the next one is this. He talks about the resurrection of the dead. It's so important. Oh, my gosh. It's so important that you get a revelation of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you also get a resurrection of the dead of what happens after you die. And then it talks about the doctrine or, or, uh, of eternal judgment. And I'm telling you, when you get revelation of those things, that's why he says it's a foundational importance. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I am not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to die because I know what's going to happen. But let's talk about the doctrine of baptisms. Are you ready this morning? Baptisms. Everybody say isms. Every, one more time. Everybody say isms. Isms. All right. So the Bible's very clear. I'm going to go with you in Scripture real quick here. Number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Christ. Write that down. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Christ. It's called, actually, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is what it is. Because what happens is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13, when we're saved, the Bible says, for we are all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Can I just back up and tell you what the word baptism means in Greek? It meant this in the Old and the New Testament in the time that they lived in. The same word that they used for baptism was the word that would be used for a person that would take a garment and dip it in a vat of dye. And when they would pull it out of there, that same garment didn't look the way it did when it went in. It was fully immersed. I'm going to blow some of your minds right now. It's not a sprinkling. It's a fully immersion. It's a full immersion. It's not just a little bit of, little dabble, do you? It's a full immerse. How many of y'all, I don't know about you, but I, you know, this whole thing needs to be renewed. Not just a little bit on the hair. The whole thing needs to be renewed. And so think about that. When you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, when you are dipped in his blood, that means your past mistakes, your past failures, you're a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. How many of y'all thankful that he, you are dipped now in the blood of Jesus that covers you and forgives you? Isn't that good stuff? Romans 10, 9 and 10 tells us we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that he died on the cross on the third day, rose again, he'd come live on the inside of you. That's the gospel. That's how we get saved. 
So the first one is the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Christ. Here's the second thing. Disciples baptize in water. When I talk about baptism, many of you in the room, you're already thinking, oh, it's the one that's in water. There's more. In Matthew 28, 19, he said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the... It says in the name of the Father, the Son, and the... All right, you need to know this in your walk with Christ. Salvation is personal, but baptism is made public. There's always going to be a time in your life, and many churches don't do this, but I may be old school, but I think it's very important. If you're going to be in a walk with Christ, you need to be excited about your walk with Christ. It's so easy to raise your hand, fill out a card, go back to the way that you were living. As your pastor, I want you to, I, I want you to step up to a place. I'm no longer the same person. I'm not going back to that old life. I got a new talk. I got a new walk. Do I need to be renewed? Yes, I do. But God has made me new when nobody else would. And so uh, baptism, what's important for us, to uh, the Bible says, confess me before men and I'll confess you before my Father in heaven. That is a great way to do that in baptism. It's a great way when you come up front and say, you know what, I accepted Jesus to be the Lord of my life. But I've, I've said this for many years. I read it in a book years ago and it just stuck with me. Water baptism is the wedding ring of your salvation. Why do I wear a wedding ring? I wear a wedding ring to say that I'm taken, that I belong to somebody. You know what I did on August 19th, 2005, right here on this stage to, to, to Brandy here on the front row? I vowed to her to belong, that, that we would be committed to one another for the rest of our lives. That's what baptism is. In front of all your people, for the rest of my life, I belong to Jesus. Come on. How I many of y'all see how important that is? The Bible tells us this in Romans chapter 6, that you are burying the old man. Come on. I mean, there's some of you out there, we need to keep you down until we see bubbles. Like, I've been told that by many teenage parents, right? Sleep them under there till you quit seeing bubbles, all right? In fact, when you do it, use King James, because new King James ain't going to work on him, all right? Like praying tongues, the whole gamut. They, they need some help. But how many of y'all have experienced water baptism? Isn't it amazing the refreshment that happens of burying your old man never to come back? Think about that. You dipped it in a vat of dye under the blood of Jesus, and it came back, and people can't even recognize that that was the same garment that went in. I don't know about you, but that's exciting. I'd hate to say that I got more excited about some kind of game out there or some kind of player of some sort more than a Savior that dipped me in the blood of Jesus and forgave me of all my sins. Come on, isn't that good stuff? The next one is this, number three. So number one, Holy Spirit baptizes us in Christ. How many of y'all learning something already today? All right. Number two. The disciples baptized in water. Number three, Jesus baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Okay? The Bible tells us this in Matthew 3 and verse 11. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Oh, did you see that? He's talking about Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. How many of y'all know we need fire in America today? How many of y'all know we need fire across the world today? I'll tell you this. You need fire in your home. Amen? 
All doctrines or all, all gospels talk about it. Mark 1 and verse 8, it says, I baptize you with water. John the Baptist is talking here. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3, 16, it says, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is powerful than I will come after me, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy and untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John 1, 32, it says this thing. John gave this testimony. Is this too much Bible? I don't know about you, you know this. We go to a Bible church, and we believe the Bible, and we're going to read it all. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him, and I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So are you seeing this? The Spirit baptizes us in Christ. Disciples, us, we baptize in water. Number three, Jesus baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you this? If you only believe in one baptism and not all three, you are robbing yourself of victory. Let's just put it this way. Let's say, and so we talk about it. I, I, I say it like this. It's the baptism of the blood. It's the baptism of water. And it's the baptism of the oil. We get this from the Old Testament. A priest, before he would go into the tabernacle, he would kill something. This is Old Testament. And then in the New Testament, book of Acts, it plays it out. But the tabernacle, the priest would come in. He would kill something. Blood would be on his hands. That's the baptism of blood. Then he would go to the labor. He would wash his hands in water. That's the baptism of water. And before he would go into the Holy of Holies, they would anoint his head with oil. That's the baptism of the oil. Are you seeing this is a Bible thing? This isn't a Travis Bennett thing. All right? Are you seeing that? And so let's just say the baptism of the blood is your arms. This is a baptism of water. And this is the baptism of the Spirit. If you only have one of them, you're going to be a peg leg, right? Or you're, or you're going to fight with no arms. Let's just think about it vice versa. How many of y'all know you need both legs and you need both arms? Let me say that again. You need both legs and you need both arms. You need all three baptisms to live in victory in your life. You need all three. So let's go to the book of Acts. Before we go there, as you're going there, I want to read to you 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7. It says, for there are three that testify. Everybody say three. The spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. Are you beginning to see here? I'm not making this stuff up. This is the word of God. All right? If this weirds you out, you come back next week. We're going to celebrate the 4th of July by the spirit of God. <laughs> Acts chapter 1. We begin to see the fulfillment of this. In fact, I want to encourage you, church. I promise your pastor studies the book of Acts because I believe we should be a book of Acts. Can I tell you, God, God still does miracles. I'm going to just go ahead and say that again. And the same things that happen at the street called Straight, at the beautiful gate, it's my heart's desire that we experience the same things here at Arena of Life. Amen. And in Acts chapter 1, Jesus comes to them in this upper room and he says, I want you to stay here in Jerusalem because I'm going to pour out the Spirit of God. And he says in Acts 1.8, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Amarillo, in Canyon, in Claude, and all parts of Texas. It says Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. We're going to see this morning when the power came on them through the Spirit of God, they didn't stay in Jerusalem. They went to Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. But he says, I will pour out my Spirit. So then we get to Acts chapter 2, and this is the day of Pentecost. 
It says, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Can I stop there for a second? Already on the news, they are pushing fear down your throat. Are they not? Fear controls people. Can I tell you the last thing the enemy wants, you, wants to happen is everybody to be in one place? How many of y'all see how important you're going to see in this story that all people be in one place? Not through the, and I realize internet people, there's people out there that are watching, you have some things. But if you have a headache, get in the house of God. <laughs> if you have a runny nose, get in the house of God. I will pray for you. That might freak some of y'all out. <laughs> Come see me, I'll pray for you. I ain't scared. Right? But here's, uh, uh, in this particular text right here, this is the day of Pentecost. They were together in one place, and suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind, and it filled the whole house. You know what I believe? I believe by the Spirit of God, there shouldn't just be one, two, three, a few people that leave here that have felt the power of God in their life. I, should, I believe there should be an infilling of each and every one of you that press in. Can I tell you, I'm, I'm telling you, I think it's, you know, as I look out across the congregation during worship time, I tell you, it makes my heart sad. It makes my heart so sad because I'm telling you, if you just tapped in a little bit, Amen. it changed your life. All right, let me stay on task here. Number three, verse three, there appeared to them tongues resembling a fire, which were being distributed, and they tested and they, sorry, they rested on each one of them. Everybody say each. That means one person was not a part of it. Then in verse 4, and they were all filled. Everybody say all. I even want the Baptists in the crowd say all. I want all the Methodists in the crowd say all. I want every Texan in here to say all. Come on. All. Every one of you all filled uh, that is diffused through... Uh, throughout their being with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out. So, in the Old Testament on the day of Pentecost, you know that the tablets were wrote. The finger of God wrote uh, the Ten Commandments, gave them to Moses. Moses comes down off the hill and there's a golden calf. If you know the story, go read it. But God's judgment, 3,000 people die. Now we get to the book of Acts here, the day of Pentecost. Jesus has fulfilled Pentecost. He's now here with us. He pours out the Spirit of God that has promised us in John 14, 15, and 16. And he pours out the Spirit here, and three, it comes on Peter so hard that he goes out. And can I tell you this? When God moves, people gather. Can I say that again? When God moves, people gather. Can I tell you, across Amarillo, Texas, it is full of dead churches today with just a handful of people in there. I'm thankful that there was people in this house, first and second service. When God moves, and there's going to be more people. There's going to be more people. And so he begins to preach. 3,000 people get saved. But look what happens in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37. Now when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what are we to do? And Peter said to them, Repent. You see, that was a foundational thing. And he said, and be, and be, that's all together, and be baptized, each of you in the name of Jesus Christ because of the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I love for verse 39. Mom, dad, lean in on this. For the promise is for you and your children. 
You want to be a good mom and dad? Introduce them to the promise of the Holy Spirit. For you and your children and for all who are far away, as many as the Lord our God calls to himself. So 3,000 people get saved. The Holy Spirit comes on these people. Tongues of fire. They're praying in tongues. Are you, are you seeing me? Now I want to go through a journey through the book of Acts. Go to Acts chapter 8. So here they are. He tells them in the upper room in Acts 1.8. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I'll, you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. So... Here they are in Jerusalem, and they're comfortable. Can I tell you, comfortable is not a good place to be? Can I tell you, when you're comfortable, the enemy gets stronger? And so what begins to happen is, is the enemy begins to use government control, and they begin to persecute them, like actual persecution. Like actual persecution. Like somebody coming against you on your wee little Instagram and Facebook page, that's not persecution. Ripping your fingernails out, that's persecution. Or somebody making fun of you at work for being a Christian, that is not persecution. That's life. Can I be honest? That's life. All right? Uh, Being stoned, not the Colorado kind. Come on. There ain't no high like the most high. (laughs) Being stoned to death, I'm telling you, that's persecution. And so people began to be persecuted. In fact, you see the conversion of, uh, from, from Saul to Paul. That's what he was. He was a persecutor over Christians. But he got a dose. He got, he got baptized in the blood. He got baptized in the water. And he got baptized in the spirit. And it changed his life. So here we are in Acts chapter 8. But this is also what the enemy needs to know. Enemy, hear this out. When you persecute, people spread and the gospel does too. You hear me this morning? When he persecutes and people spread, God gets known. So here we are in Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. Let's just go together. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 8 and verse 12. It says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, both men and women. Even Simon believed Philip's message of salvation. So that's the baptism of the blood. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and as he watched the testing signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. They came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Verse 17, then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So do you see in verse 12 here? But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news, that's a baptism of the blood about the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized. He's talking about water there. So we have the baptism of blood. We have the baptism of water. And then we see right here in verse 17, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's a baptism of oil. That's in all All three baptisms are in one text. Oh, you don't believe me? All right, let's keep going. Acts chapter 10, verse 44. Gentiles begin to hear hear the good news. Peter is at Caesarea. It says this, while Peter was still speaking, these words, the Holy Spirit, fell on those who were listening to the message. All, All the circumcised believers, he's talking about Jews here, who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they heard them talking in tongues 
and exalting and magnifying and praising God. How did they know the Holy Spirit was on them? Because there was an evidence right here of tongues and exalting and magnifying and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone refuse water for these people? Uh Uh-oh. It was out of order. Can I tell you what that's what the Spirit of God does? It breaks traditions. Oh, it has to be the blood, then the water, then the oil. No, it don't. I'm just here to communicate this morning. It's not just one baptism that's important. It's all three baptisms that are important. It says, for they heard them, them talking in tongues and exalting and magnifying and praising God. Then Peter said, can anyone refuse water for these people to be baptized since they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? Verse 48, and he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay there for a few days. You see that? It was the blood. It was the oil. Then it was the water. Let's go to Acts chapter 11. I'm almost done here. Acts chapter 11 and verse 15. I'm talking about all three baptisms in one story. Here we are. Peter's reporting back to Jerusalem. He says, when I begin to speak, Acts 11 verse 15. When I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as he did on us at the beginning. Then I remembered. Can I tell you this? That's what the Holy Spirit will help you do. He'll help you remember some things. I'm going to say that again. How many of y'all need help remembering? Some of y'all have lost it. Like lost it. You need the Holy Spirit to get the marbles back. Are you hearing me? All right. Then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he used to say, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 17. So if God gave Gentiles the same gift as he has given us, after we accepted and believed and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to interfere or stand in God's way? Look at this. So if God gave them the same gift... He gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Listen, if God wants to freely give this to you, let him give it to you. Somebody got excited. Verse 18, when they heard this, they quieted down and glorified and praised God, saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance that leads to eternal life. How many of y'all know this is good stuff? Oh, this is good stuff. Now, Acts chapter 19, go with me. To page 1,208. <laughs> Acts 19 and verse 1, it says, And it happened that while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul went through the upper districts and came down to Ephesus and found some disciples. He asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So these are people that are saved. They're saved. This is a room full of people. They've probably been saved a while. They're doing good. They've had... They've experienced Passover, and they've, been, they've experienced the blood, and they're waiting for somebody to come back. But they're in the middle, obviously right here. Uh, he comes down, to, and he finds these disciples. He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no. So this tells me this. Just because you're saved doesn't mean you're filled with the Spirit. Stepping on some toes. Is it hot in here? It's hot in here. Come on, this is good stuff. I'm telling you, this will set you free if you get this this morning. He said, he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? And they said, no. We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. If you hadn't heard by now in four Sundays, I'm just here to tell you, there's a Holy Spirit. And he's full of power. And I'm telling you, he wants to change your life. All right, get you a dose of the ghost today. 
And he asked, into what then were you baptized? See, he's, he's thinking, my word, then you are missing out on life. What's the matter with you? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, oh, John performed a baptism of repentance, continually telling the people to believe in him who was coming after him, that is, in Jesus. After hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began to speak in tongues and prophesy. About 12 of them. All right. Have I made my point clear? In fact, this is not my point. This is the Word of God. Right? This is not a Travis thing. This is not an arena of life thing. This is a Word of God thing. And so there's five things that I want you to write down. I'm coming to a close right now. Number one is this. Number one, this is normal and ex- this, is, this should be a normal and expected experience for every New Testament believer. Is there any New Testament believers in here? All right. If you're an Old Testament believer out there, either you're really, really old or you've missed it. Right? Like really, really old. Like over 2,000 years old. But can I tell you, the enemy, you know what he's done for thousands of years? Growing up in a charismatic home, can I, can I just be honest with you? I, my parents did such a great job of pouring into me as a young man that this is a part of your walk with Christ. Of you're saved and you get filled with the Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. In fact, it wasn't until I was in college that I thought you weren't even saved unless you were filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I just be honest with you? And I just want to clarify this. When you accepted Jesus to be the Lord of your life, heaven is eternity for you. I'm not saying that you're going to miss heaven. Are are you still saved if you're not filled with the Spirit? Yes. Are you still saved if you're not water baptized? Yes. But you're going to miss out on so much. You're going to miss out on the power. All right? And forever, the devil has been telling, talking through other people saying this is of the devil. This is not of the devil. Fear can go to hell, and the devil can too. All right? Number two. Ready? So number one, it's normally expected experience for all New Testament believers. In fact, I hope you saw that that was not my opinion. All I did was go through the Word of God. I had no notes. I just have it marked in my Bible. This is what an Acts church ought to look like. All right? Number two, God wants you to experience all three, but it's up to you to receive them. You've got to receive all three, all right? Don't, hi, don't tie something, don't, don't tie your hands behind your back. Number three, real quick, praying in tongues is a benefit of the Holy Spirit. What is it? It's evidence, it's proof, it's part of the plan. You know, there's things that I know, can I just be real with you? And I need a little more piano. It's gonna help me right now. Um, can I just tell you, the Bible tells us this, he who speaks in an unknown tongue speaks mysteries. I don't know about you, but there's times in my life where I don't know how to pray. How many of y'all have ever had that loved one come to you and say, you know what, I want you to pray the will of God. And it's kind of a weird situation. It's like, I could see the will of God at being this, and I could see the will of God at being over here. 
I could see it so many different ways. But I know this, when I pray in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit makes intercession for me, and He knows the heart of God. He knows what, what needs to happen. Can I tell you, it's so important to have this in your life. I pray in the Spirit all the time. All the time. My kids, I promise you, we ask Addison on the front row. I said, how, how many times a week do you hear, hear Dad pray in the Holy Ghost? Every single day. All the time. There's a friend over the other day. I heard, uh, he asked Anson, said, what's your dad doing? Anson said, he's praying in the Holy Spirit. Like, ooh, 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 ah, ah, ah. come over here, boy. I, I, and you know, I try not to freak the neighbor kids out, but if they want a dose, they can come get some at, uh, at my house. But can I tell you, we got into a situation this, this Friday night. Friday night, 11.48 a.m. Or no, that's p.m. I was dead asleep. And a drunk driver came around. We, we live in a, I don't know, like right in the middle of town. A drunk driver came down our road, overcorrected, missed another one, hit Addison's car, and pushed her car through my living room. Through my living room. Got, we got a hole in the side of our house right now. <clears throat> Hopefully with that hole, it'll rain. You know, like when you wash your car. <laughs> no, it did rain. Yeah, it did rain. Come on. Come on, somebody. Tragic. You know, I was, I was dead asleep, and I think I was dreaming that I was in an F-14 jet with Tom Cruise. And you know those dreams when it's like, it's real, it's not real. It's like, that, did, you, did that just happen? But uh, this woman comes to the door. She says, I've been drinking. Uh, I hit a car. I hit your car that went into your home. It's like, yeah, I know. But can I tell you, Pastor Brandy and myself, both together, we got an agreement yesterday morning. And we were both praying in the spirit. We got an agreement. What, what, God, what the enemy meant for evil, God's going to turn around for good. And we prayed by the spirit of God that he would do it. You know, at 5 o'clock last night, 5 p.m., uh, the lady, obviously she got a DWI, got a bad deal, all that stuff. This is only God. Her and her husband came to our house. And you know what she got to experience in my home? She got to experience the love of God. She got to experience the grace of God. I, I was, tr you know, trying to make light of it. It's like, you know, she's coming to the door. We knock around here. We don't just barge in on some places. Yes. Next time, knock. Or I'd leave the TV on for you. But, you know, when she came in, I'm sure she thought, because obviously... When somebody comes through your house, you come out a little bit irritated. And I was upset, and I think she was waiting to see that. And she came in, and she felt the very genuine love of God. Oh, we loved her. I said, you know what? We forgive you. God loves you. This house can be replaced. That car can be replaced, but your heart cannot. Everything, y'all, by the grace of God, and I believe, I'm telling you, it's because the Spirit of God dwells at my house. That car never is parked right there. If you watch the video of my security cam, she was going so fast, she would have went through my living room and into the garage. My boys sleep on the couch that she hit when it came in. 
I'm telling you, if it wasn't by the Spirit of God, I believe we would be at loss burying two babies and she would be facing manslaughter charges. This is what we were trying to communicate to this young lady, that the Spirit of God dwells at the Bennett home. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? It's a benefit. And as we begin to pray, I believe God opened that door. Come on, how many of y'all believe that? God opened that door. So praying in tongues is a benefit of the Holy Spirit. Number four is this. It gives us power and boldness to live the life that he wants us to live. See what happens in salvation under the blood? A new you is born. Baptism, the old you is buried. The Holy Spirit, a new you is empowered to live the life God has called you to live. How many of y'all believe that? I'm just here to tell you this morning, church, it's time to stop playing games. You know, there was something that happened, happened, a crazy deal. I mean, this week, I'm telling you, the enemy was trying to distract me hardcore of not coming in here and introducing you to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I promise you. There was something that happened Sunday night here at the church that I'm telling you, if it went bad, it could have been bad against the church. Can I tell you, so many times I believe God gave me supernatural wisdom on how to fix this deal. Supernatural. I believe it. How many times, Pastor, by the Spirit of God, did he give you supernatural wisdom? You know what Pastor told me when when he took over the church, Pastor Brandon and myself? He said, you've got to be led by the Spirit and hear from God. That is the key to success in pastoring. Can I tell you, that's the key to success in living a successful, victorious Christian life. Number five is this. Let's stand to our feet. Jesus said, all you have to do is ask. Let me read to you Luke chapter 11 and verse 11. It says, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? You know, all you have to do is ask. Come on, I'm not done this morning. All you got to do is ask. <clears throat> I'm going to say that again. All you have to do is ask. And I don't about you, but I want to ask and receive the power that God has in store for me. So first things first, I'm far from done. Number one is this. You got to put sins under the blood with every head bowed and with every eye closed. If you're out there and you say, you know what, Pastor? I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. The first thing that you need to do is the baptism of the blood. Ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life. The Bible's very clear. Admit that you're a sinner. Number two, believe that he died, he was buried, and on the third day rose again. John 3, 16, he gave his son for you and I. Number three is this. Confess him as your Lord. You'll become a part of the kingdom of God. You may not have friends. The Bible says that Jesus will be, uh, uh, he's a friend that sticks closer than any brother. And there's no person out there there's no, there's, there's no group of people. There's no system of any kind that can forgive you like Jesus forgave you. He showed it on dying on the cross. So if you're out there and you say, Pastor, you don't know, I, I don't know Jesus as my Lord personal Savior. But today, I want to get things right. I want to put things under the blood. Today, I want to ask for forgiveness. I want to invite Jesus to come live on the inside of me. If you're out there and you say, Pastor, you know what? That's me. 
I need to pray that prayer of salvation. Is there anybody with every head bowed and every eye closed? If you're out there and you say, you know what? I don't know Jesus, but today, who is that? Just lift your hand. You say, you know what? I need to get things right with God. Who is it? Is there anybody? Just lift your hand. All right. Here's the next one. Everybody look at me. If you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I, I'm, I'm not going to keep, I feel like holding, like lock the door. Don't leave till you get this. Those of you that, that have experienced that with the evidence of speaking in tongues, would you, would you testify that it has changed your life? Has it changed your life? It's changed my life. Come on, who's out there? It's changed your life. It has changed my life. I tell you what, I feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof. When I'm parenting, you know when you're like trying to negotiate with a five-year-old? I'm telling you, it'll help you. What, Dad? Yeah, you heard me. I'm just here to tell you this is not weird. Have people made it weird? Yes. A thousand times yes. But it is not weird. It is a gift. And it's full of power. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.